Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The information discussed during the show is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition. If your pet is currently experiencing any medical issues, please seek immediate assistance from a licensed veterinarian. Good morning. This is Dr. O'Sullivan speaking. How are you? I wanted to welcome you to our show this morning. I am calling you from Holistic Veterinary Care and Acupuncture Center in Arizona. You are listening to Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O. And I would like to thank, first and foremost, Soviet Global Media Network for making this show possible. And we have, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze there, I apologize. Um, We have a wonderful story to tell you today. And it's going to involve a whole bunch of aspects of owning an older pet, an older family member that puts us through some trials and tribulations. That is for sure. But um, also get some wonderful relationships and new information. So for those of you listening or on our podcast, I'd like you to join in either by calling us with questions, 346-215-6138, or if you're a podcast listener, you can email to listeners at sylviasglobal.com. Or if you want to post any questions in the comments section of Sylvia Global's Facebook. Also, Holistic Pet Care is now on Facebook and Twitter, believe it or not. So Facebook is Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O, and Twitter is Dr. O DBM. So that being said, please call in with any of your and we will get to them right away. I want to start our show by welcoming one of my dear friends. Uh, her name is um, Lori Bean. I kindly uh, refer to her as Mama Bean, and <laughs> her, 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 her buddy and my buddy for, gosh, years, Charlie Bean. And this is Charlie Bean's story, and I guess, Lori, this is your story as well, but Charlie's going to steal this show. So welcome, Lori, and thank you so much for taking all your time, and for those of if you hear some crash and bang in the background, I believe that's Lori cooking dinner in her kitchen, getting ready for the rest of her day. So she has really plugged us in this morning to make sure that we can hear Charlie's story. So, Lori, thank you so much for joining me this morning and all of our listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> I, when when we were waiting for the show to go live, I kept hearing these crashing and banging and kind of grating noises, and it was kind of actually like a Stephen King book or something. I'm like, are you okay over there? What's going on? No, just Taco Tuesday. You know, I had to water the garden, oh. get the get everything in the crock pot. <laughs> normal morning. <laughs> a normal morning in, in Mama Bean's house. I love it. Now, um, you're going to have to leave us early today at about, oh, about 45 minutes into the show. So let's get started, and then um, if we get cut off early or you have to go to the, help the kids or whatever, I want to, from my bottom of my heart, thank you so much for sharing Charlie's story with us. So let's start with a walk in the park. What do you think? Okay. Well, I, um, let's see, Charlie, <laughs> I adopted him. He was a puppy mill puppy, actually, believe it or not, oh. and um, little Bichon, and um, I, you know, I always joke. I, I've, you know, I've had a lot of dogs. We've got a lab and a golden retriever mix now, and most of my dogs are dogs. Um, but Charlie was not. Charlie was a person trapped inside a little feisty ten-pound white fluffy body, and <laughs> I think he was so a prize true. fighter. <laughs> I mean, there's Spunky, and then there's Charlie. Um, he, uh, I want to say, probably like about four or five years. 
um, before uh, he passed. Um, he was outside, and we used to have a cat that lived behind us that used to torment uh, Charlie, and I had a beagle mix as well. And um, right whenever they would go to poo, the cat would pounce on them. And it was pretty entertaining to watch until one day Charlie ran headfirst in the sliding glass door. And it kind of stunned him, oh. and, and he kind of shook it off, and I didn't think anything of it. And then about, I'm going to say about three months later, well, he had started to bloat up, and I took him in, and I said, well, you know, he had this injury, and they're like, oh, that wouldn't have done it. And I'm like, no, he hit it pretty hard, kind of blew me off um, at, at our uh, traditional vet, and he started to balloon up, and they said, oh, it's his thyroid, you know, he's a, uh, you know, a 10-year-old dog, that's what happens, that's just part of the aging process. And I'm like, I don't really think so. You know, my other dog is the same age and is not heavy. And um, they're like, well, he needs more exercise. So I would make this poor dog walk. And I noticed his back legs, um, he was really having trouble getting around. He was starting to waddle. And, of course, well, that's because he's fat. Uh And the reason he's fat is because he's getting old. And they ran thyroid tests. And even though it wasn't his thyroid, they said, we should probably give him this medicine. Because I know that's what it is, even though the tests are saying not. And I just Uh was like, well, forget that. Right. And then... Yeah, so about a year later, I came home from work, and he was in complete and total distress. Um, we crate him during the day, and, I mean, he was listless. He couldn't move, and I took him to an emergency uh, vet center, and I walked in, and um, not to make light of it, but the gentleman had this very beautiful, almost Ricardo Montalban accent. It was really, <laughs> it was very beautiful. And he goes, what is wrong with your dog? Or he goes, Have you noticed any changes in your dog's behavior? And I'm looking at him, and I just started cracking up because I was like, yes, normally my dog moves. Like, <laughs> I mean, the dog was limp in my arms. And, and, then he, and he looked at me, and I go, yeah, normally he's fine. You know? Because so then from there, and actually this vet did, he could not have been more wonderful um, as far as, you know, he did everything and he found out Charlie was in distress. He'd had bladder stones. He thought that, I'm blanking on the name of the disease that a lot of dogs get, um, you know, uh, and they tested him. He goes, that's, yes, yes. And um, Cushing's, he's like, he looks like a Cushing's dog. He presents like a Cushing's dog. And he kept coming back negative. And um, they kept him there that day, and I came to get him that night, and he said, you know, I think in the morning you're going to need to make a decision. And then that night, um, because he was full of gas, his intestines were starting to twist, and, you know, the vet said, listen, this is probably not going to go well. Take the night, you know, spend some time with your dog, tell us what you want to do in the morning. So that night I was laying there, and I was crying. I told Charlie, I said, you know, if you need to let go, you just let go. And as soon as I said that, that dog pushed himself up. I don't know how he even moved. Started walking around and basically farting all night long. So we stayed up the whole night, and he walked into the vet's office the next day. Their jaws dropped, and I'm like, yeah, he doesn't want to go yet. So they gave him IV fluid, and um, they put off doing surgery for the bladder stones for about uh, six to eight weeks, and I had to push to get them to do that because they were afraid he would die under anesthesia. And I said, listen, if he does... He does, I understand, and in the vet, he goes, you know what, everybody always says that, they don't mean it. And, and I said, no, in this case, you, you know, I, I, I think it's best, and I don't want him to be this uncomfortable. And um, so they, they did the surgery, and miraculously, the dog recovered, and he did some things to help where his abdomen had stretched out so much from being so bloated. And, you know, and that, that was that. So, you know, we're trucking along, and then in the meantime, my beagle ends up getting cancer and passing away. And I'm surprised. Yeah, Rocky. And, you know, that was, he was 15, almost 16. And I guess I thought he'd live to be 30. And um, and that that was, you know, that was quick. And there was nothing to really do at that point in time. And, um, and, you know, we felt bad that we had missed it. But honestly, like, it, it, it was pretty invasive. And again, he was 15. And, and um, so we put him down, and then we go to the to the pound, and we get our dog Dixie, who's this awesome golden retriever, fluffy, sweet uh, dog. Bring her home on Charlie's birthday. Um, and oh, I should also point out, at that time, Charlie had been given six months to live. So this is six months later. We bring home, as we call it, the tall, leggy blonde that brought him back to life to an unbelievable amount. And he had developed this way of walking because his back legs were basically. Um, he couldn't pull them forward, so they were they were ducked kind of out, and he had this like little hop that he would do, and he would still play with Dixie, and he was very engaged with her, and that you know, and Dixie was great and modified her play, and they would tug, and they were great, and it, everything seemed really wonderful until about um, it was Labor Day the following year, so about nine ten months later, 
um, he started to really get into stress, and I looked at my husband. And in our traditional vet, we had we were going to a different person, and she said she was fantastic. She's she was trying all these things, and I brought all of his records. And um, you know, she very politely said, you know what, he's in a lot of pain. We can keep him basically stoned if that's how you want. She said, but you need to think if that's fair to the dog, um, because we had him on so much medication, he was becoming very listless. And you know, I think that that was. That was a good call from that perspective, but I just kept seeing this twinkle, and Charlie would just sit there, and he really wanted to play, and he didn't seem done to me, and he had fought so hard to make it that long that I was like, mm-hmm. all right. And So I take Dixie to the dog park, and this other couple's there, and their dog had just passed, and we're talking, and I said, yeah, you know, i got to put my dog down probably on Monday or uh, on Tuesday morning. And I was explaining what happened. They said, you need to meet Dr. O'Sullivan. She's here with us. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and then to, you know, no offense, as they're describing and, and you're talking, I'm like, acupuncture for my dog you know like, are you crazy like and um <laughs> the, neighbor, I, the neighborhood crackheads are at the park again that's so sad wanting me to put needles in my dog that's nuts 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 <laughs> exactly you know and you got to admit the people at the dog park sometimes a little wacky <laughs> they can feel a little bit strange can't they yeah yes yeah. and very obsessed with their dog and if i just kept seeing charlie's little fluffy face and i'm like yeah, you know what? It's it's worth a shot. Let me see. And, and you also seemed very normal to me. <laughs> um, you didn't you didn't smell of patchouli. <laughs> well, you know, it was a concern. You, we have to remember, Lori. This is actually going out to the planet, so I really, really appreciate you saying those things. You you seem like a fairly normal person that doesn't smell like anything illegal, so that's nice. We like you. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you think of holistic vet. I'm like, are there like you know, what, what kind of you know doggy bongs? Like I don't know what's going on, but no, that was not. The and case. I didn't I, I didn't have any flowers in my hair or anything like you that. Did I don't think. I was you good. did it. You did it. If they had said pick the holistic vet out, no, you would not have been the first person <laughs> that popped. The lady with the 35 oh, dogs, so you know funny. that. Well, you know yeah, they so anyhow, it, well, and then you, the big thing was is, is that you said that, okay, I can come to your home, uh, which I don't know if you're still doing that in Arizona, but that was like, thank you, because every time I would take my dog, um, this was interesting, every time I would take uh, Charlie to the vet after I'd put uh, Rocky down, he would get really stressed out, and he'd never been stressed out about it before, and, you know, we would walk past the room, you know, where, and I don't, I'm, you know, I'm sure he can sense it or smell it, and um, so it was very stressful to take him anywhere. So, you know, Dr. Sullivan shows up and I tell my husband, hey, we're going to spend money on acupuncture and herbal remedies for Charlie. And he's like, are we now? (laughs) I'm like, sure, why not? And it was like right at the heart of the recession. (laughs) So, hey, you know, money was falling from the sky. No. And um, yeah, I remember when money was falling from the sky. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Down the gutter. So I was a little like, I'm like, you know what? You know, I, I, you know, this dog is my family. I made a commitment and I'm going to see him through his old age. And, And honestly, in the back of my mind, like, Oh, and you can hear my dogs wrestling in the back now. Um, I'm like, this probably isn't going to work anyhow, but at least I can go with that peace of mind. Then I tried something a little different because, honestly, the vets, uh, the traditional vets have been striking out. And um, up until the last one, you know, it was kind of like, hey, your dog's old. Your dog's old. Your dog's old and fat. You should, you know. And the last vet really was uh, pretty involved. But she couldn't figure it out. So Dr. Sullivan shows up. She sits down, and Charlie just fell in love. She, you know, he fell in love with you immediately. <laughs> and um, you know, she did the um, the the what, the laser, um, the needles. And I would have thought the dog would have jumped. I'm going to move while my other dogs wrestle. And um, the so anyhow, it, it just it started to work. I would say within a week we saw a big difference um, to a point that my husband and I had this hilarious conversation on, are you freaking kidding me? Now we've got to commit to this because it was working. <laughs> so, I, um, <laughs> I know. It was kind of like, all right, well, the kids don't need to go to college. No, it wasn't that bad. But, I mean, it, it really came down to um, – okay, well, now that it works, you know, it's kind of like once you put somebody on life support, it's a lot harder to pull them off. Um, So we just decided to continue with it. And I would say within six weeks, I noticed his back legs turned forward, and Mm -hmm. he actually had a lot of mobility. Um, At that point in time, he had tried to go up the stairs quite a bit, um, and he was starting to give up on that, um, which was good because it was causing more damage. Um, And then his front legs actually were damaged from hauling 
you know, his hind, uh, you know, his hindquarters around for so long, and we noticed yeah. that those started to improve and get more muscle tone back. So he went from this very, um, I don't want to say, like, it was like all of his, you know, muscles had basically been deteriorating and he was ballooned up to looking yeah. like a fairly healthy dog with a little bit of a limp. And I was amazed. He started playing again, you know, to a point that Dixie, our other dog, maybe got a little assertive with him a few times and forgot, and he would forget. Um, but at no point did this dog, he he was like, I'm good, I'm good. And um, that was kind of, I mean, the quality of life was just amazing, and I felt horrible that I hadn't looked into this earlier because we probably could have nipped a lot of it in the butt, in the bud a lot earlier um, rather than having him go through, like, the surgeries and all the discomfort um, for, for almost a two-year period. So with that said, I remember we were talking at Christmas because, you know, we'd had it in our head that the dog would pass away, and you're like, I don't know, we might be here standing by the Christmas tree next year, and he might still be here, and he was. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, And, um, yeah, I mean, he ended up with another, you know, over two years of life, and the last six weeks um, were pretty rough, but he had a pretty good quality, and, you know, he was um, – I think he was 15 and a half because I had a thing in my head. I wanted to get him to 15 because that was the average life expectancy. And probably about three months before um, we decided to finally have him put down, he really started to slow down and um, just kind of quietly surrender to being older. We adopted a black lab um, in the interim so Dixie would have someone to play with. And that's maybe who you hear in the background. And um, it, it just, it was, and actually Charlie was still the alpha dog. Um, you know, the black lab walked in and Charlie kind of got over there, growled and had him lay down and sit down. And, you know, he got the bed and it was, you know, it, Charlie was still in charge um, up until he passed. This is and then, nice. This is nice. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, little dog, well, and he, I think I, um, I had shared stories with uh, Dr. O'Sullivan in the past when I first started dating my husband because um, I had Charlie before my husband. Um, Charlie would look him right in the eye, lift his leg, and pee in his shoe. So he was very—he <laughs> <laughs> was a very assertive. We got kicked out of PetSmart, uh, uh, the pet training uh, class, because I was told yeah. there's something wrong with your dog. Um, he won't listen. <laughs> and yeah, he always listened to me. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he just doesn't care. Yeah, he, he just disagrees. He disagrees with what you're telling him. <laughs> so that's Charlie, and it was it was hard at the end, and at the end, you know, his bowels and everything. You know, it was just a, a normal progression. But I think what I got out of it was, you know, you're not ready to go till you're ready to go. Um, I think at the end he was ready. I feel bad. I think we waited a day too long because um, he did go into distress, which is what I've been trying to avoid. But, I mean, just a great quality of life, and, and he fought through it. And as long as he was willing to do it, you know, we were willing to be there. But there's no way he would have made it. Um, so, yes, so for a dog that was given six months, he made it almost five years. <laughs> so so if you're a bidding person, then that, this was a good place to be. Now, um, now for, for our listeners now, Charlie, um, Charlie is a small white fluffy dog, and Charlie yes. was, um, he was, he was just attitude with hair on it. He was yes. so full of himself, <laughs> and such, and just, just, just a, just a little firecracker. And it didn't matter what kind of disabilities we saw in him. He didn't seem to think there was any issue whatsoever. And I remember one of the big um, um, markers for him was. When he feels like he has to go potty, can he make it all the way to the door, out the door, to the concrete, and to the grass? It was like four big steps in like this, um, you know, the, what are those, uh, endurance con- um Yes. He's like, he goes, okay, I have to get up. And so I'd be working with him, you know, sitting on the ground, doing his needles, and giving him his B12 shots, and doing the whole thing. And every once in a while, he'd just get up and start doing his little trundle towards the door. And then all the humans would run to the door to open it because once he got going, he was going, you know, and it was just, it, we, I remember that we came damn close to high-fiving it when he would be out there on the grass going potty, not falling Exactly, because he wouldn't even know. He'd be like, yeah. <laughs> the humor. Or my favorite would be so whenever fun. he, yeah, he wouldn't quite get to the grass and he'd turn around and be like, darn, I thought I had to pee. What happened? And it was like the trail behind him. Because <laughs> I was actually seeing the whole time, but the the <laughs> fact that he could he could get himself up all four feet facing forward and get his body mm-hmm. up and move and go be in his brain and the rest of his body know that he has something to do and know that it had to be done outside or it should be done outside and that I think that 
attitude dictates lifespan. I think that the more mm-hmm. feisty you are, the more attitude you have, that I'm surprised that Charlie is not still with us with the amount of attitude that dog had. Holy cow. But um, I know. It was, it was sad to see that go, like that last week when it went. And um, it, it was kind of interesting, too, because um, the traditional vet um, – you know, who who the last one who had been very, she was very integrated in working, um, you know, with you as far as she was just fascinated by the whole concept. And, you know, I brought him in for six month, his six-month checkup, and she was like, wow, who is this dog? And there was even one time when he started to slip, and she goes, no, I don't think so. I think he'll, I think he's going to pull through. And I think he'd, he'd had something, you know, just traditional come up, like, you know, uh, you know uh, some kind of virus or something. And, yeah. you know, so she was an advocate for, no, 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 your dog is fine. And um, and then my husband at the end, and I always used to joke that, you know, he would turn around and, like, stuff Charlie in a pillow if I wasn't looking kind of thing. Um, you know, whenever I was, I was finally at the end, I said, it's time. And he goes, no, no, you know, he's rallied before. Maybe he'll rally again. And I was like, honey, he's not rallying. You know, this is it. And so it was interesting, the people who had been like you know this is it i could see that the little sparkle was just it was dimming and it just didn't seem fair to me to to kind of keep them you know going like that keep them here for you yeah i totally i totally agree the um the things that you said about charlie's um past uh when we started with the spinal cord injury and that nasty cat outside your house and teased your dog yes. the darn time. so let, <laughs> let's let's re, let's rewind a little bit because you made some really good points not only with the medicine piece of it but your connection with Charlie and the fact that you were at a traditional and that you couldn't seem to get anyone to take you seriously because it seems as though the veterinarians were so locked into a diagnosis or you know what what looks like you should have or those things, or don't worry about it, or this, that whole getting old thing, you know as well as and all my students and all my clients, that age is not a disease, and it's a cop-out as far as I'm concerned. You know, that whole, oh, they're just getting old thing, I, I, that's not okay with me. That's not a diagnosis. You know, age is not a diagnosis. So, um, Yeah, it's like once you hit 40, they just stop treating you. Ah, that's just age. And you're like, really? <laughs> it doesn't seem that old. <laughs> Everything in you is old. It, it won't work anyway. Don't worry about it. It's like awesome. Yeah, I'll be going to some place else. Uh, yeah, I was actually exactly. For a little while. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, Charlie runs headfirst into the sliding door from the tormenting cat next door, which had been going on for a long time. And then at that point in time, what happened then? Did he? Did he seem okay? And he actually you know, immediately his back legs um, went out straight to the side. And yeah. he didn't convulse, but he was paralyzed, and his whole bladder just emptied. And yep. I called Shane. I said, I don't know what to do, and we couldn't get him to relax. And then eventually his legs went back, and it was that positioning of his legs that was why I kept insisting it had to have, like his issues had to have been from that because his legs started to turn out. And like well, whatever fact- happened – Oh, yeah, so whatever had happened in that moment was what his body was reverting back to. And, you know, they're looking at me like, that couldn't possibly be it. And, um, you know, I'm no petite flower, so they're looking at me like, well, maybe you just got off your big butt and walked the dog kind of thing. And I'm like, my other dog isn't fat, you know. And, by the way, I do walk the freaking dogs. But, I, you know, and, and part of what I was doing with Charlie was, you know, I was taking him for walks hoping that that would help, and it was actually making it worse because it was a spinal cord injury. Yeah, and exactly what exactly right. It's a spinal cord injury. So if you've ever known one of your your human friends that or God forbid we get a car wreck or something along that line, if you get a neck injury, you know, if you get a lower back injury, that is in control of your legs and your urinary bladder and incontinence, those types of things. But if you get a neck injury, that's in control of your whole darn body, depending on which part got tweaked or compressed or pinched or inflamed or, you know, over time. And so all of the signs that you talked about with the abnormal direction of his legs, the weakness in his mm-hmm. rear end, you know, the, the, the kidney stones, that wouldn't do that, but with the bowel blockage or those types of things, or the ability for his um, colon, his digestive tract mm-hmm. to work the way it did before he pinched a nerve, his back legs worked the way they did before, getting that gas accumulation, getting all those things. It, things just don't work from front to back the way they used to when you crack your neck. And just because you can stand up doesn't mean you don't have ongoing, underlying, subtle some days, not so subtle other days, including whether those nerves can hold your muscles 
intention, you know, whether or not you stay tone, which is a big, which is a big function mm-hmm. of the spinal nerve. So even that, like, that little poo bear belly that yeah. he had, and they said they thought was Cushing's disease, or my bowel blockage because my colon's not moving out the, the food, you know, uh, my fecal mm-hmm. matter before it dries out and can't get out, or I'm actually unable to do it. I know when I was there in your home, having getting some mobility of his colon, getting some movement of his GI tract, and a lot of massage, a lot of laser, and a ton of needles trying to help him with that because it is distressing when you just feel uncomfortable and blocked up and full of gas. And Charlie, he would he would change appointment to appointment, day to day. He'd walk in, you're like, well, he's looking quite wide today, or he's looking quite... Yeah. And then we would have talks about, so when's the last time he had a bowel movement or those types of things? And that would be a huge... Um, uh, focus for his treatment, along with, of course, helping him get up and making sure he's extremely comfortable. But how comfortable can you be when you have that large, ex- you know, expansion of your bowel and your stomach and those types of things, and then nothing's moving? So, well, exactly. We used to call him, I don't know if you remember, rocket poops, because he would push poops. so hard to get it out that after he would get something out, he would, like, fly. And then they had told me, oh, well, you know, change his food up. So I'm, like, putting olive oil. And so now he's got diarrhea and can't poo, which was just horrible. And um, I'd even cut down on his food when they said, well, he was just heavy. And, um, you know, the poor dog would just sit in our pantry and just howl. And we're like, come on. And and that's that's how I knew he wasn't fat because he's like, I'm starving. And he had never begged for food ever. And they said, oh, that's a sign of Cushing's. And I'm like, I really think he's just actually hungry, you know, and I'd cut his food back so much and, you know, oh, he's old. He doesn't need that yeah. much. I'm like, he's pretty active, you know, considering how immobile he was. He was incredibly active. Mm, he so, was. But no, the or whole bowel me, thing. Tell me oh, how ahead. that, how you thought, what you thought when you repeatedly went to traditionals, or you were repeatedly went for help and you their answer to you with your intuition, with your dog. I mean, that's what this is, intuition, being close, being um, in tune with your loved ones and what's going on with them. And it may not have a name, but things just feel right or don't feel right. It's like, no, man, that's not it. There's something else going on. And in veterinary medicine, it's called ADR. It's called ain't doing right. It's actually it's actually a medical <laughs> diagnosis, ADR. So if somebody comes in and says, man, they just they just they're just not they're off or they're, they're just they're not doing right. If you write ADR in your chart, it means they ain't doing right. Every other veterinarian is going to know what the hell it means so that you can be more open-minded or maybe try to listen to the owners because they're the ones that live with them for all the time. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not an easy picture to put together, but um, I, I'm, I sometimes am very frustrated with the, the kind of the, whether it's flip or it's disregard or it's frustration or it's timing or whatever the heck it is, but that kind of, well, it's not, you know, it's disregard or it's just aging or it's just that or it's just whatever. It's like it's not just anything. It's 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 enough to get me in the door here and I need help. You know, I just need help. So um can you give give me a client side to that because I'm all doctor right Well you know it it was frustrating because, you know, I'm I'm an intelligent person, you know, I'm I'm pretty well educated and and you know, they just kind of pat you on the head like silly crazy dog lady. Um, you know, sometimes you just need to let go. And, you know, I'm pretty good at science and numbers and things like that. Like, call me crazy. Um, and, you know, the thing I think that was most frustrating was there was no connection of the dots. Like, everything was treated very much as a silo, as a symptom. And I will say yep. until I got to the the last vet who, I mean, she called me like three months one time. I think, I, you know, I shared this with you, like, after because she had just gotten – uh, she had gone to a conference, and she goes, I was sitting there, and I kept thinking about Charlie. And I thought, well, that's right. pretty amazing because she was mesmerized because she saw she was able to see the things as you were as a group of symptoms versus, oh, we need to treat this. Oh, he has bowel issues. Therefore, oh, he's constipated. Therefore, it must be, you know, traditional constipation will try laxatives versus saying, hey, his bowel is paralyzed. You know, it was, you know, it was yeah. never looking at everything altogether that, that his back legs could be indicative. Oh, no, that's arthritis Bichons get arthritis all the time and oh his you know it was never look at you know kind of hey I just told you he had this which when I was trying to explain the head injury they really thought I was crazy um and I think that's what the frustrating part was is how can you tell me these things aren't related when they all started at the exact same time and, and the behaviors changed at the exact same time 
And, you know, and they'd be like, yeah, well, you know, I went to vet school kind of thing. And it's like, well, I have common sense and know my dog. Um, so that that was frustrating. And, um, again, the last vet was very much like, well, how how did he used to be? And she asked more questions on, tell me what he was like when he was a puppy. You know, wh- when did this happen? And, and that's actually really what got me absolutely convinced it was a neck injury at that point yeah. in time. But, I mean, they kind of convince you that it's not and that you're just, you know, oh, you don't understand the complicated system of a dog. And I don't, you know. I, <laughs> but um, I, I understand my dog, and I know that my dog is looking at me going, I'm freaking starving. Give me a steak. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Whenever your dog, like, climbs up on a chair and tries to open the fridge, you know, that's probably not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, speaking of, speaking as one of those people who did actually get into vet school and did actually make it all the way through, and which is not an easy <laughs> exactly. task whatsoever, um, and then... I know that I was treated like an allopathic mainstream doctor, and the mm-hmm. way she looked at things is, you know, the branches. We're looking at the branches, you know, and that whatever yeah. whatever you brought it in for, that's what I treat without necessarily looking at the whole creature, you know, and how are all of these things related, and so on and so forth, uh, which is holistic medicine, yes? So that, that meant... I used to be that person, Lori. I mean, you know that. And then it, it takes it takes a it takes a hell of a lot more education and a lot more change of venue and change of thought process and mentality. But when uh, it it comes down to a case like Charlie and all of these things that are so big and so distressing to even read about, nonetheless to be with the big guy and know that he's mm-hmm. been through all these things as isolated islands in his life and be like okay, here's the thing, it's his neck. <laughs> it's his yeah, and they're like, it's no, it can't be. Oh. Well, it was almost like, yeah. it can't be his neck. It's his legs that are causing trouble. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, wasn't that a class that you took? But, uh, you know, and, and I, guess, I think I always look at it that, you know, and I think in any kind of Western medicine, it's all about treating the symptoms and not finding the cause. You know, oh, you have back pain, let me give you something for back pain versus, well, what's causing the back pain? Oh, you have high cholesterol, let's lower your cholesterol arbitrarily versus looking at is there something fundamental and that's what raised your cholesterol. Um, you know, that's a, that's a sign of stress in a human body. And, and, well, we'll just arbitrarily lower it. And, like, well, is that, like, my body's way of saying, hey, you know, there's a problem with my pancreas or my liver. You know, it's just always you know, very much treat the symptom because we know that that is bad. And it's like, you know, you have high blood pressure, so we're going to give you this to lower your blood pressure. But, oh, by the way, the issue is is that your arteries are clogging. You know, it, it doesn't, it's always, and I, I saw that very much so um, with, uh, in you know, in Western veterinary medicine, just that it's, and again, you know, the dogs can't talk really, but, you know, to me, well, Charlie could. That was kind of unique about it, <laughs> that he would tell you if you were right or wrong. And I don't know if you remember, like, we'd be like, you know, do you have to go outside? He'd be like, like, oh, you're hungry. And you're like, okay, sorry, you know. And my dad used to joke that, no, Charlie had me trained. I'm like, well, we talked to him. And um, I had my sister came out to visit, and her boyfriend wasn't a dog person. And um, I said, he's like, are you talking to your dog? I go, yeah, you know, he's talking back. And by the end of the week, he looked at me. He goes, oh, my gosh, I just had a conversation with your dog. And I go, I know. He's not normal. (laughs) You're like, I said, you quote the, the pet trainer, there's something wrong with my dog. <laughs> like, what, what exactly did he say to you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, like, whenever he was hungry, he's looking at me, he's going, you know, like, it was this, it was this look like, listen, you moron, get me some food. And this is, yeah, he just, yeah, well, I, I don't know if you remember, like, well, you never saw him at the dog park, but we used to take him into the big dog um, section, and he would fake it and walk so perfectly till he could get to the bench, and it was a big dog park, and then he would just flop under the bench, and he would sit there for like an hour and a half while Dixie would play, and then he would just dig in with whatever he had to walk out that dog, uh, dog park gate, and then as soon as we got uh-huh. out, he just looked at me, he's like, you can pick me up now. <laughs> So, talk, so in the in the remaining time we have, let's talk about some of the things that were done to help Charlie. We we talked about how he ended up going to surgery for his bladder stone shortly after mm-hmm. he had um, what six months or so after he stole his glass, and then you went to the emergency yeah. vet. The guy with a really great accent, and then because <laughs> you know we you know, like, is there what's wrong with your dog? You're like, well, he, he used to walk. That, you know, that, that's that's different. You notice a change of behavior. Yes. <laughs> He's usually less dead. Like I, I don't. Yeah. Know. Like, 
You're like, really, really? Can you not see this? I understand. So tell me, because I saw, I saw your, I saw your cabinet at your house with all of our mm-hmm. and medication. And we don't need to talk about specifically what each one was, but we had medication to help his bowel move, for his pain, for his nerve pain. You know, mm-hmm. were these medications given to him by that the the, the last female kind of in tune to this she extended from the emergency vet, and there there was another vet in between um, that was just like, well, it has to be this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going with the medical tests. Like if that if they're saying it's not, you know, let's not give them a diagnosis. But the so it was the the emergency vet, and then the final Western vet, and it, and she was very sensitive to the fact that uh, of like liver distress and things like that um, yes, because yes, she really yes. so so she picked like the tramadol and and different medication and and really put a lot of effort into making sure that we weren't exacerbating his condition so a lot of those drugs that were up there were things that they gave me like for his thyroid and I was like yeah thanks for the medicine I'm not going to that I'd actually not given him but there there were um a couple things like for the gas and the bloating that I would give him that yeah. that did help but they that one wasn't a laxative it was a um you know kind of anti-inflammatory type thing but I will say the herbs that you gave him um probably that that just stunned me at what a big change that that made because um yeah. it was a lot um, it was a pain to get him down there. I remember we had a pet sitter one time, and she's like, Laura, I'm not putting anything in the dog's butt. And I was like, no, 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 you just have to get it down his throat. Throat. <laughs> and, throat. I mean, she's funny. She goes, I draw the line. I just want to let you know. Um, but, um, yeah, so anyhow, we gave um, – you know, he was taking a lot of different things, and I, th- I think, like, your diagnosis from, the you know, the Chinese medicine was he had a wet system. You know, he was it, – it was kind of interesting to see, like, how quickly he got back in balance from herbs, um, but he still – I mean, he still needed the pain medication, and I always respected that about you was that you never told me, oh, everything is wrong, you know, everything that they've done. It was very integrated, um, and I think that's why we were able to, you know, I think that's why he had such a good quality of life towards the end. Um, and it was interesting because other people would look at him and go, seriously, you're keeping this dog alive. And Charlie would be like, look at him and kind of get that, like, well, screw you. <laughs> He's like, I'm good, you know, and I will. <laughs> and, you know, and he was very sensitive. When, yeah, I don't know if you remember when we were having discussions about what's the time frame. He'd be like, I am fine. You know, he just, he would literally stand between us. Um, I, but, I, remember, I remember him going into your guy's uh, pantry, and he, uh-huh. he pulled down a bag of, I think, your other dog's food and went plowing yes. through it. And then it yes. was it really felt like it was a direct response to one of those conversations where it was like, well, how's he doing? Uh, we're, we're, all of us are kind of sedate about it and kind of low about it. And then he gets himself up, trundles his little butt into that thing, pulls mm-hmm. out a bag of food that had to weigh ten times as much as he weighed, and then just went to town on it. It was like, well, I guess he's not going anywhere. <laughs> wow, he told us, you know. So, yeah, then, he was just very adamant that, um, you know, and he looked sad at the end, and he was shaking like he knew it was time at the end, like on the drive to the vet, like he knew what was going on. And, you know, I was a total train wreck, but... Um, you know, I just, he was in so much pain by the end. Like nothing, you know, that we couldn't give him enough medication. And it kind of went back to, you know, we didn't want to over-medicate him just so we could have a fluffy dog lying there dying. And yeah. um, and I was almost grateful when his bowels went. Like that wasn't, it wasn't, and my back went out actually the day that we put him down. And so it was very hard for me to clean up. And, um, you know, he just looked so distressed, kind of like what's going on. And, and um, he, you know. He, was, that, he wasn't able to be Charlie. You know, Charlie is this, yeah. this attitude with fur and very confident regardless of what what happens to him and then when you actually when he actually wasn't able to be charlie anymore and have all those you know attributes Mm -hmm. and then like you said that kind of light went out you know in his eyes and i always tell my clients i said you'll know they'll look at you Mm -hmm. usually early in the morning and you come down and just you know you're you're paying attention to them you're being mindful you're being present but they'll look at you and you'll be like Ooh, ooh, what's what's going on? You know, because yeah, when he was about. having trouble getting off his bed, and you know, it was just a pillow. Um, but that was when my husband's like, "Well, I, th- I think we need to give him a week in case he rallies." And um, you know, and he was a dog. If you rang the doorbell, dog. he'd come. He'd come and greet you. It would just take twenty minutes. Yes, you know, for him to get there. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Um, 
Well, you, you, um, Char, uh, Char, Charlie has given us quite a story, quite a story, I, um, and I, I miss that dog so much. He was such a little butthead, i got to be honest with you. He just had such an attitude, and, and he, <laughs> some days when I got there, you know, and I get all my stuff out, and we're all ready to go, and I sit down on the ground with him, and he walks over. As soon as I got planted on the ground, he would just sometimes just get up and walk away and be like six feet away from me, and then stop. I'm like, really, really, I'm really <laughs> okay. So I had to get up and renegotiate myself, and, and uh, he, you know, he was, it was it was just he was such a breath of fresh air because, you know, for us, seeing a disability, we mm-hmm. whether it's a human or any kind of creature, we always seem to get this morose kind of down. And the, and the thing is, it's just not that way. You know, it's just not that they compensate. They do amazing things that we don't seem to think we're capable of or anybody else is capable of. Um, if you were able to, Lori, kind of spread the word to the world, basically, what would you say? What, what did Charlie, I mean, what did, what did this experience or all of Charlie's existence from peeing in your husband's shoe before he was your husband <laughs> to, 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 you know, what it is that he went through and you advocating for him? You know, I, I often tell people, I said, they have no choice and no voice. So stand yeah. up and advocate for them. I mean, like right now, you know, and you say, yeah, I'm not going to give them that thyroid, or no, I don't think it's Cushing's, or no, you know, either either you're not listening to me or you're not paying attention, or I'm going to have to go talk to somebody else because we need to develop an integrated network to do what's best for Charlie. And, at the, at, you know, when, when we were together, that's what we were able to get with that doctor mm-hmm. that you had at the end there, and then putting together all the protocols and being able to talk openly and, and um, with one mind to make sure that Charlie was okay every single day. Um, that was very nice. So it was quite an adventure mm-hmm. for you. Um, so um, we got five minutes left for you to spread the, spread the good word and, and uh, tell, tell, us, tell us about Charlie, how he made you feel or your experience with him. Well, I, you know, I would say I don't know that I had a choice because he was pretty persistent. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, he kind of rolled the relationship. I think. Um, well, I, I think the biggest thing with Charlie is I, re- I learned how to age gracefully. Like he gradually surrendered to each different thing he couldn't do any longer, and he would try uh-huh. until it would get like going up and down the stairs. The first day that he let me carry him. That was a big deal because he would kick and scream and, you know, put me down, I can do this. I've never seen a dog not want to be carried upstairs more than this dog. Uh, For as much as he liked to be held, it was kind of interesting. Um, it really up until the end, you know, he he would be like, I got it, I got it, you know, no matter what you did. And then gradually he'd be like, oh, okay, you can help me with this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whenever he would play with the other dogs, um, you know, eventually he got to a point where rather than trying to play, he would just sit and watch. And you could see he almost got joy. Uh, there's a little bit of sadness in his eyes because he couldn't play, but there was still he yep. still felt part of it. And um, and I will say, I mean, the dog left a hole because um, our lab Oliver and then Dixie, um, the tall leggy blonde, that was just Oliver in the back there. Um, they we didn't there was no pack leader, and it was really interesting. The two of them, it took about about four or five months for them to kind of establish who's in charge and I still don't think either one is like I have two dogs that aren't alphas which is a whole nother Uh-oh. story <laughs> um, but I mean they were used to like you know all he'd have to do is bark and they would stop like okay you know what do we do next you know he was like Master Uguay you know on the uh, on the uh, the kids uh, cartoon and uh, they just you know they, so there, I mean it definitely was a whole and you know I still see little white fluffy dogs and, and tear up because he was just yeah. um, a, a big, big part of our lives and just goofy. And um, again, you know, I always say not not dog-like at all. To and I know when people say that they go, oh, that's just crazy dog person who thinks that. I'm like, nah, there this there was something different there. And um, you know, it's just very unique, very feisty. Don't give up. Um, you know, and it's not over till it's over. And then when it is, you know kind of just go out quietly and and um you know again he knew um which which was a little bit easier than when our dog had cancer and looked at me like what are you doing um and you know we were trying to prevent him from having that last you know horrible two weeks but but charlie just um that that first night when they said you know in the morning this will be it uh before he had a surgery and he pushed himself up and you know, you could just see it in his eyes that he wasn't going anywhere. And, and I think it was a good role model for me. Um, you know, don't give up. Always get another opinion. And, and, um, and you know, I definitely have always 
uh, you know, I've never just done what somebody told me to do because they said to do it. Um, <laughs> so that, that that's you, never you, been an issue. But but even when the medical tests are saying this isn't the disease, and I'm still like, so why would we treat a disease? Like I'm I'm going with your Western philosophy, but it's even saying this isn't right. So, um, but I mean, I still think it was a miracle that I ran into you, and I know I've referred you to you know friends, and you've just done yep. wonderful things with their pets, and and um, you know I always tell people I'm like you got to go off the the beaten path here a little bit, um, and and really decide you know if if this is the right decision for your pet, um, and I th- always thought that you had a good handle on. Not, you know, you you weren't going to prolong a pet's life for the whimsy of the owner. I, I never, oh, I never got oh, that. No, no. So, and um, you know, and I trusted your judgment. When you're like, oh no, this dog's still got a lot of fight. I'm like, thank you. I thought I was crazy. So <laughs> that that, that was good validation. Me. So <laughs> he told me. No, um, I need, exactly. I need to so. I'm like, what, what's what's the question here? He just told me he's fine. Don't even worry about it. And then, you know, when we met at the park and such, and you get kind of that that wackadoo veterinary doctor cruising around in her, you know, and basically her PJs, walking her dog on the weekend type stuff. And that whole, <laughs> you know, first impression type thing. I can't, you know, that really probably wasn't the best way to go out meet, meeting people. I'm like, yeah, sure, uh huh, fine. I have my coffee in my hand, I'm guessing. And uh, and then you know, it just. You just have to go with your heart, you know, and then know that this is this is whatever it is you believe in. But there's a reason that we met. There's absolutely a reason. Yeah. That, oh, you know what? I think I think your family is telling you to get the heck off the phone because wow, that was a good bark. I like it. <laughs> oh yeah, that was Oliver. They're they're getting they're getting ready to. Uh, Alex was putting them in their their crates for the day, so they were doing their morning wrestle. Uh, very nice. Well, I, um, I I have no way to thank you, Lori, for your time, and I know that you're an exquisitely busy woman, and uh, your energy <laughs> is just your, your energy is just delightful, even in storytelling. With you know, I know that this was not easy for you. Um, and no, that, no. Yeah, uh, and I hope that you and your family have a wonderful day, and whatever you are making for dinner turns out perfectly when we are talking to the <laughs> scratching and cutting and all those things, and then you share it with your dogs, because I know that you, you feed your family really, really well as well. I think you told me you make some organic chicken and some wonderful yes, yes. things in your crock pot. I'm actually jealous. I can actually be there for dinner, I think, if I leave now. There you so go. Well, Taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, uh, my love to your family, and say hi to your new dogs for me, and thank you for your time, Lori. I very much appreciate it. Not a problem. And, it, you know, again, I just I cannot thank you enough. I mean, just as a friend, I mean, I just always enjoyed you you coming and visiting um, and really just everything that you did for our family, our pets. I, we didn't even get a chance to talk about you saved Dixie's life just by looking at her going, there's something wrong. And we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you, yeah, so we owe you so much. So thank you again, and I'm off to school. <laughs> well, better you than me, my dear. I'll talk to you soon. All right, you take care. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. Uh, that was that was Lori Bean, and she is the proud mother of now two doggies, and she was one of the most conscientious, um, kind, and mindful owners that I've ever had the pleasure of doing business with. And I want to remind everybody. Give us a call. Ask some questions because this is this is um, this is happening to everybody. Yeah, interactions with traditional vets, things that we don't get the answers to. Knowing enough about our loved ones to say no is so important. So once again, three four seven two one five six one three eight. Call with any of your questions, or go ahead and post a question on listeners at sylviaglobal.com for our podcast listeners, or in the questions section on. Sylvia Global's Facebook page. And please go ahead and visit us, Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O on Facebook and Dr. O DVM on Twitter. We welcome your involvement and questions, ideas, all of those things are going to make this show so much better and very personalized for your concerns. And once again, Sylvia Global Media Network for making this possible is just uh, a blessing. I want to continue the show talking about the actual medicine that went behind Charlie. And Charlie was, as Lori said, every piece of vim and vigor that she mentioned, he had a quite serious spinal cord injury that stemmed from his neck. And just like if you've met somebody who has a spinal cord injury in the neck, sometimes they're a paraplegic, meaning the bottom legs don't work, or a quadriplegic, meaning that their top legs or arms, if you're a human, not working. 
sometimes digestion, sometimes heart, all of the things in our body that are ruled by the nerves in our neck are having a hard time. So this is what happened to Charlie in that since he got uh, advised to just keep walking and walking and walking, things got worse. And uh, the ability for him to move food, the ability for him to urinate appropriate, the ability for him to walk in a straight line or even get his rear end up off the ground, slowly but slowly but slowly got worse and worse and worse until it affected his daily life to the point where he was not able to really be the dog that he once was. And multiple, multiple visits to the traditional veterinarians culminated in two diagnoses that were not valid, three um, comments or time periods where it, it was brought to her attention that it was time to make the decision, and then the comment about going to bladderstone surgery and her saying that I'll understand if he dies under anesthesia. The veterinarian says everyone says that until they actually do die under anesthesia, and then nobody nobody understands. Which the veterinary side of me tells you that that's absolutely true because everyone handles loss differently, and nobody wants to lose their best friend. Nobody, and especially if you're going and doing what you think is right about going to surgery, and they're just not strong enough just not willful enough, not prepared enough to go through surgery, um, that is a tragedy. And making sure that we all are very, very comfortable about going through a surgery and making sure that the ends justify the means and with regard to trauma, recovery time, anesthesia, so on and so forth. Um, good decision on Lori's part, but for a lot of us, it, it, it won't be so clean cut. So make sure we ask questions and such. Now, in Lori's life, she did have a new dog that came into her life uh, after Charlie's best friend, Rocky, passed away suddenly. This dog's name was Dixie, and I've got to tell you, I witnessed it with my own eyes. This dog brought new life, new energy, new perkiness to Charlie in a time of grieving. Charlie was grieving for Rocky, which dogs do. If anyone ever tells you that a dog's not grieving the loss of their life partner or their life friend, they're not paying attention. Do not believe them, please, because these guys feel grief in the exact same way that we do, and sometimes I think a lot more because they're not distracted and they're more mindful and they're more in tune with their bodies than we are. So this bringing in there, many times you need to be careful bringing a new dog into a house because you don't ever want the existing dog, the older dog, to feel as though they're losing center stage or that they're not getting the attention that they got before. So we want to be careful with that. But in this case, bringing Dixie into this household was such a blessing. Charlie got to be in charge again. He got to bark again. He got to play tuggy with this big dog who was so gentle, so kind, and they would sleep side by side in very comforting ways. So I'm sure that Dixie was brought into her life for a reason, and it worked out perfectly, perfectly. And right before Lori left, she mentioned something about um, Dixie had a problem that the household, uh, you know, husband, wife, children, dogs, had not recognized, <laughs> and that when I come into their house to do some work on Charlie, it was really, really, really clear that um, – that Dixie had a problem, and so um, she was just off. You remember I mentioned that ADR, ain't doing right? So at that day, walk in, Dixie is ADR, and they hadn't really noticed too much, and I'm like, okay, there, there's, there's something wrong with this dog. So I, I ended up calling, I called the hospital, I got her in on, on you know, in emergency with some of the people that I know, and uh, it turned out she had a bowel obstruction, and she ended up going to the surgery that night, and um, she, she needed help right now. And uh, so that was a real blessing that, that we were able to all get together and that I, I do what I do for a living and notice what was going on. But it just um, exemplifies the fact that when we're so busy, 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 busy with life and our children and the school, just like Lori is today and making dinner and doing this with the garden and such, that sometimes we don't see it or we don't see it till it's a problem. And um, so I'd like to beg everyone who's listening to be present and to be mindful and to respect everything you see that just makes you turn your head or shake your head or make they just look at them twice going, are you okay? If you have to ask that, pay more attention, pay more attention because they're so subtle and they're so stoic compared to many of us. <laughs> so um, back to Charlie. Charlie's protocol, when I met him, he was down. He was, his rear legs were pointing east and west instead of both north. 
and he had difficulty pulling himself around with a big Buddha belly. He had a big, and don't get me wrong, his belly did look like he had Cushing's disease from an outside perspective, but he was literally just hugely distended and having difficulty passing stool. And so what we did is that um, I had a long talk with them about what it is that I do and how it is that I think and went over all the medications he was on and the foods he was on and so on and so forth. And um, we put together a program of acupuncture, low-level light laser therapy, herbals, 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 and then continued on the pain management that he was on from his traditional bed and some of the pro-motility medication that he would use in between my visits to the house. And those combinations, along with B12 injections and some other things that helped him bolster up his deficiency and address his liver and address his rear end and address the, his ability to be motile, to move you know, fecal matter out and to be more comfortable and to actually get up on those back legs of his and use them and to decrease his overall discomfort worked fantastically. And the herbals, I think, are definitely the key along with the needles. Um, and he was feistier and feistier every time I saw him and meeting me at the door and barking and doing these wonderful things. And one time, as I recall, he actually went up the stairs and he hadn't done that for so long. And she, Hillary actually called me and I thought she was actually crying because something happened. She was crying because she was so happy. He didn't know how to get down, but he definitely got back up. So being able to think outside the box, being able to respect when you have an interaction, you have a passing or you have a, a strange connection with somebody and kind of being open-minded to We don't have to give up everything that we're doing. It's not a my way or the highway thought process. It was an integration of traditional medicine and what it is that I do, which is integrated medicine, but keeping certain things in place that were working, having discussions about the whole picture, not just the dog as a piece here, a piece there, a piece here, a piece there, uh, as he was treated before, and making sure that he was extremely comfortable um, were, were the keys for him. And he was, as she said, um, he made it the six months that they were given to him after his bladder surgery. Then he makes it another two years. Then he makes it another well, a year and a half after that in a happy, healthy, somewhat comfortable, if not modified, lifestyle after he got a death sentence, basically, from one of his first um, veterinarians. So that brings me to one of the topics I want to sit in here before the end of the show, is that I'm not a big fan of putting a, a time stamp on something, whether it's cancer, whether it's hip dysplasia, whether it's liver, whether, who knows what it is, right? But if you say your dog has, your cat has X amount of time to go, X amount of time to live, I, I, I disagree with that entirely. I know where it comes from. It comes from the books. The books that say a dog this age has got this kind of symptoms, a cat this age has got this, and it's a stage this, or it's a, you know, those types of things according to the books. Dotal or retrospective studies say they will only live this time, this time, this time. So I get it. I mean, I actually get it. But I think that it puts that time stamp in the brain, on the heart, in the soul of the owners. So they honestly, oh, well, he's only got a week to live. He's only got three weeks to live. He's only got four months to live. And it really, they send that energy out all the time, all the time. And that they honestly think, my dog's going to die in three weeks or three months because the doctor said so. Please, please don't listen. Please do everything you can to make sure that you know, you have a problem, you have a, you have a dragon that lives inside of you, you have bad things going on inside of you. I get it. I mean, I, 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 I unfortunately seen a lot of it. But to get it into the brain of the humans that we have a tendency to obsess a little bit more than our pets, it's not okay because we do send out that energy. So do what we can to be bright, to be joyful, to be pain-free, and to figure out what it is that brings the most joy to our pets. And do that, okay? And then at this point in time, I want to let you know that our next show, next week, we are going to be blessed with the head of the rehabilitation at the Las Vegas Veterinary Surgical, or I guess they call it the Referral Center now, or the Specialty Center now. And this is a facility that does specialized rehabilitation, underwater treadmills, um, 
uh, massage therapy, range of motion, obstacles. This is going to be a great, great show with an extremely wonderful person that's got so much experience. So I want to thank you very much for listening. And once again, visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and a final thank to Sylvia Global Media Network and everyone involved in making this show possible. I hope you have a great week, and I hope you can get involved next time with some questions and any comments or comebacks. Um, Once again, thank you very much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week. And go out and give your pets a big kiss, okay? Do something joyful this week, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for everything. Bye-bye. The information discussed during the show is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition. If your pet is currently experiencing any medical issues, please seek immediate assistance from a licensed veterinarian. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.